Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And what a joyful privilege I have to share with you in this amazing worship service. Uh, I have two new best friends, Dr. Gibbons and his dear wife, Ruth, and they have been taking amazing care of uh, my bride and me. Brenda, would you please uh, stand to let people know what an answer to prayer looks like. Praise the Lord. Yes. What magnificent music. And you played one of my favorite hymns. I call Great Is Thy Faithfulness uh, my autobiography. What an amazing, and I tried to, uh, I tried to restrain myself. I, I kept saying, you're the chaplain of the Senate. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't, you know. But what marvelous, marvelous. Uh, and I was sandwiched between two very fine singers. These two folk can sing. Your pastor can sing. And he was sh sh strutting his stuff as well in the process. But praise God for that. Happy 175 years. Praise God. Nearly two centuries of, uh, of being here. And, and I actually, when he gave the little Civil War joke for the longest serving member, I, I had to, oh, yes, that's true. That, I did the math and knew that, it, oh, yes, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but uh, when Bill stood up, 99-year-old uh, Bill then thou shalt not covet kicked in because I, I must tell you, judicious self-disclosure, I, I resent that full head of hair you have at night. I'm not going there, I'm not going, but I, I, I do. I asked my boss, the Holy Spirit, what can I say to a church that has been around for nearly two centuries. And I felt impressed by uh, my boss, the Holy Spirit, to talk about dealing with life's empty nets. In 1987, I was in Australia. I received a message from the American Red Cross. I was on an aircraft carrier, a chaplain of an aircraft carrier. That I received a message that my mother, my beloved mother, was in intensive care in a coma in the hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. I got permission from the commanding officer to take the first 747 out of Sydney. I flew into LAX and then to O'Hara Field and then to Baltimore, Washington International. And I rushed to the hospital and kept a vigil by my mother's bed. I claim the promise in James chapter 5, if there be any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Well, I am an ordained minister. The elder was there keeping the vigil. And the promise is if you anoint the sick, 
the sick will be restored to health, and if even they have committed any sin, that sin will be forgiven. And so I was fully confident that my mother would be restored to health. But to be on the safe side, I called in the varsity. Uh, there were a group of world-class preachers in my church, and I called them in, and they assembled just in case my anointing didn't work. Surely, these Hall of Famers would get the job done. There was not a scintilla of a doubt in my mind that my mother would be totally and completely restored to robust health. So when the doctor told me, we've done all we can, and I'd been in enough hospitals as a pastor to know what that meant, I reminded him of my mother's name. Oh, you, you have... You, you, my mother's name is, and he said, yes, yes, I know. And suddenly, an ordained minister who had been interacting with God for years, a person who was a recipient of a Christian education from grade one all the way through seminary, the harmonious development of the physical, spiritual, intellectual, and social powers, I was suddenly agnostic. God had never said no to me before. Everything I had ever asked for, all that I've needed, his hands had provided. He had never said no to me. And what about this promise? And my spirit resonated with the sentiment of that noted American agnostic Robert Ingersoll who cried out at his brother's funeral, life is a narrow veil between the cold and barren peaks of two eternities. We strive in vain to peer beyond its heights. We cry aloud, and the only answer is the echo of our wailing cry. Have you ever cried out to God, and the only answer was the echo of your wailing cry? Have you ever had to deal with life's empty nets. Have you ever said to the transcendent, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing? Have you ever felt the pangs of despair? Our blessed Lord warned us that in life there will be empty nets. <laughs> Jesus said to us, point blank range, John 16, in this world you will have trouble. Bam. 
2 Timothy 3.12, all those who live godly will suffer persecution. Really, Lord? If you are living right, there will be pushback. No matter how long your church may have been in existence, if you are living right and still experiencing the process of inhalation and exhalation, you're going to have trials and tribulations. Job 14.1 declares, man born of a woman is but a few days and here it is, full of trouble, empty nets. We've been warned. But having been warned, we have been invited by a Savior to reach out to him when we experience empty nets. Whatever the future may hold, you have a Savior who invites you in Hebrews 4.16, come confidently before the throne of grace that you may receive, I love this, he tells you what you're going to get, mercy and grace <laughs> to help you, whatever you're going through, mercy and grace to help you. In the time of need. And so in our scripture lesson, we learned about some folk who were uh, facing empty nets. If we could put that up there to make me feel less nervous. There you go. When I see the word, I feel much, much, I feel empowered. I feel like a lion. There you go. Thank you. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds. Jesus was a rock star. Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, our Lord knows he's creative. He knows how to use stuff. Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowd as rabbis did in that day. When he had finished speaking, he said to an exhausted Peter, I mean, Peter, remember, had been toiling all night. He's disappointed. He says to an exhausted Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And Dr. Gibbons mentioned this in his sermon on last week, thank God for YouTube, uh, how, P how, how Peter... Uh, is now being challenged to launch out into the deep. Amazing message, by the way, on submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil. And he, Peter launches out into the deep. But he wanted to give Jesus a little, you, you know, a little pushback. When, when you're a subject matter expert, when you're an expert on anything and a, a rookie, a neophyte is trying to tell you how to do your job. You know, you want to give the, uh, yes, I understand, Master. I, 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 and you know, I have great respect for you, but we've worked hard all last night. This is not carpentry that you're dealing with here and didn't catch a thing. 
God. <laughs> okay. We'll show you if you say so. If, you, it's, if seeing is believing, if you've got to learn the hard way, I'll let down the nets. Okay, let the, it takes some people. And this time, hallelujah, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. That's some serious fishing. A shout for help brought their partners in the up other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking praise God when Simon Peter Mr. Expert PhD in fishing realized what had happened he fell on his knees and in the language of my boyhood neighborhood he said I'm scared of you I, 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 I am scared of, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. We call that reverential awe. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him, his posse. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that's what it says in the Greek. His partners, there you go. <laughs> I am bilingual, fluent in Ebonics. But anyway, his, his James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, look at how he resets our priorities. Don't be afraid. From now on, oh my God, my God, you'll be fishing for people. We must deal with life's empty nets, but this story gives us some suggestions on how as we go forward to 176 and if the Lord delays his coming 200 years or to whatever the time may be, when the inevitable vicissitudes arrive, we, beloved, can deal with life's empty nets. Suggestion one is learn to discover in your life hidden possibilities. I don't know, maybe while our Lord was teaching, he saw something that Peter should have seen. But he saw some possibilities in the deep that this expert fisherman did not see. Moreover, he saw possibilities in these disciples that they did not see. That in the knowledge they already had of fishing, that knowledge could be used for a higher purpose. The church of the living God is not a building. The Greek is ekklesia, the called out ones. First Presbyterian should be seen all over Greenville throughout the week. It should be seen in my favorite, I, I, I love European clothes, and so I, I shop at two very famous European Boutiques, J.C. Penney's and uh, Target's. Those are that, that on the clearance. One ninety nine ninety nine. That's my level. Okay, 
but it should be seen wherever you go. In this amazing downtown, which I wish we could, uh, we could get in Woodbridge, Virginia, where I, this amazing, it should be seen. You are salt and light to your generation. And salt makes the environment more palatable. Let me make it clearer. Imagine grits without salt. I tremble at just the thought of grits without salt. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Light illuminates. Light warns. Light guides. Discover the hidden possibilities in your life. How God wants to use you. George Bernard Shaw is reported to have said some people see things that are and ask why I dream things that never were and ask why not. This beautiful facility that you have and, and the creativity and the things that you're doing to build on uh, Doc Gibbons took me through the place, and I was in awe. I was a little envious, actually, but I was, I said, this is amazing. But there are still some things that people aren't seeing and questions of why not that you should be asking to demonstrate your love to a Savior <sighs> who broke our chains. And then Dr. Gibbons actually stole my second suggestion and used it last week, but commit yourself to submissive obedience. Another way of putting it is learn to make the effort. God never will ask you and me to do anything that he will not empower us to do. When he says to the man with the withered hand in Matthew 12, stretch out your hand. The first time I read that as a child, I said, really? Are you serious? He has a withered hand. Why would you ask someone with a withered hand to stretch it forth? Humanity cooperates with divinity through submissive obedience. I don't know what the motive was when Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. I don't know whether he was hoping to demonstrate to Jesus, this is not carpentry. I, you know, I, I often, I hate to confess it, when I am... Let's say when my, my dear wife and I have heated fellowship because, um, you know, ministers and their spouses, of course, we never, we do not argue, but, but God forbid. But we do have heated fellowship. And of course, I, I say, okay, Brenda, okay. But that okay, oh, yes, if you think that it is a, 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 a fervent desire to have the opportunity to tell a woman who is smarter than I, and I don't mind that, I just don't like the fact that she knows she is smarter than I, okay? 
I just want to say, I told you so. And I rarely have that opportunity to do that. And she gets that smug look on her face. But I don't know Peter's motivation. But I do know that he submitted to the request of his Lord. Submissive obedience in that marvelous uh, explication of, of James 4 last week. Submit yourselves therefore unto God. And then make the effort. And I've discovered that the, the devil is a bully. I get ready for the mother of all battles, as uh, the philosopher Saddam Hussein once said. That this is going to be the mother of all battles. And, and, and just minimal, minimal resistance. And he's off running until, as pastor said, until an opportune season. So, we've got to commit ourselves to submissive obedience and then find some allies in your life. Find some allies in your life as the nets are now breaking. Peter didn't try to handle that all by himself. He looked we in the Navy call them shipmates. And they helped him bring in the catch. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, two are better than one. For if one falls, you got somebody to help you get up. If one is cold, you got somebody who can keep you warm. If one is attacked, you have someone who can help you defend yourself and a free Strand cord is not easily broken. Get help. Find yourself some allies. I was trying to work on a PhD, and I was told that I would need a course in the biological basis of behavior, PhD in psychology, um, in order to be admitted to candidacy. I had taken no classes in physiology, anatomy and physiology, and that kind of thing. And so when I went to the obligatory class, <laughs> uh, I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was out of my depth. The teacher went to the chalkboard with a, with a long pointer, and he, he pointed just to the chalkboard and a silhouette of a human skull. And he said to the class, what am I pointing at? And like a voice choir, they said, uh, the medulla oblongata. All I saw was the chalkboard, eh? the medulla oblongata. I said, Houston, we've got a problem, okay? <laughs> then he continued pointing, the cerebellum. I was the only non-speaker in the cerebellum. They pointed the, you know, and then, so I said, we got a problem, Lord. So, fortunately, an Evelyn Woods graduate did my speed reading, and uh, finally the day of the midterm came. I read the textbook, and when I got my paper back, and the teacher said he was grading on a curve, D, as in Delta. Now, if you know anything about a doctoral program, if you don't have a B, 
you, you, you know, you, the course is not going to be accepted. Well, good Navy man, good military trained man, I knew from my time on an aircraft carrier that if a plane is going down, you push the ejector button, you get out of that plane. So I dropped the class. <laughs> and I'm not crazy. You, you know, D on midterm, you're going to have to make A on steroids on the, on the final to get it up to a B. I dropped the class. Spent some time reading, rereading the text. I got to get the textbook down. And in the class the next semester. Okay? Now, you know you're in trouble, second midterm, when you not only do not know the answers, you don't understand the questions. Okay, that, 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 that is a terrifying feeling. What? And then you're ashamed in a PhD program to have to go up to the teacher at the time. Excuse me, doc, but uh, what are you asking me? So, second time, midterm, grading on a curve, D. Yeah. As in Delta for you young people who, th who thought I said B. Okay? Third time was supposed to be the charm because I pushed the ejector button out. Now I'm back for my third time. He's back. <laughs> Lord help me. Now here, I have read that textbook at least five times. Yeah. Third midterm, D. And I know I don't have time. There's no way I'm going to be admitted to candidacy. There was a young lady who never said anything in class. Um, Asian-American, Chinese uh, lady. And I said to her, I said, she's never said anything. You know, I'm pontificating in class, this D student. And uh, <laughs> I said, um, I don't mean how, but uh, I'm a pastor, and I made a D. So I just want to, minister to you, uh, if you want to talk to me about the pain and that kind of thing. And she flipped over her paper, and I knew who had destroyed the curb, okay? <laughs> she had a red A underlined twice. Now, that's, that's rubbing it in. I, and then, underlined twice. And suddenly, I became the suppliant. Can you hook a brother up? <laughs> I joined. You got to find allies. I joined an Asian study group. Still have never seen anything like it in my... I, I, I've never seen any... These folk, they had the... They were passing out outlines of the chapters. I just stand there. Holy Spirit said, keep your mouth shut. You know where you, 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 know you need help. And praise God, because two or three or five are better than one. Took that final exam. Could, couldn't punch out because I didn't have the time. And made a 99 on the final exam. And I think the teacher was so surprised, he, he gave me a B plus for the whole, the whole thing. There are some things you can't do on your own. And God has made us a family. There's a reason why in the Our Father there are 
plural pronouns, you know. Give us this day. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not, in, not into temptation. Our Father. Martin King said, we are wrapped in a blanket of mutuality tied to a single comment of destiny. Staggered, still, and reeling from my mother's death, God brought me an ally. My mother, South Carolinian, Hartsville, South Carolina, fourth grade education, migrated to Baltimore, walked, walked into the hospital. She was given the wrong medication, went into anaphylactic shock, and into a coma that she never came out of. And there I am, fussing at God. Oh, you, you do not want to hear the prayers of an agnostic. You do not want to hear the prayers of someone who has toiled all night and caught nothing. And a little old sister, this is back in the days of cassettes, came to me and said, Barry, says, I've been looking for you. I, uh, I, I've got the prayer your mother prayed in church the week before she went into the hospital. And I've been trying to get you this tape. And I felt something in my spirit say, are you finished? Talk, you, 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 you know, you, 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 I felt like a little like Job. You know, you, you've, come to, you've been cross-examining examining me all these weeks. Are you finished? Play the tape. And I played the tape when I got home. And my mother, in her prayer, one of the longest prayers I've ever heard my mother pray. Doc, she was, she was wrestling with issues of theodicy. Why bad things happen to good people with a sophistication that let me know this is not my mother praying this prayer. She started dealing with some of the questions I had hurled at God. One of them being, if this is how you treat your friends, how do you treat your enemies? I mean, I was, I was, I was crazy. And when my mother finished, she ended the prayer quoting the lyrics of a hymn. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercies who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me. And in my church, you always have to do the first and the last stanza for Abraham, or it wasn't kosher, okay? Oh, the fullness of his love.
perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When I wake to life immortal, wing my flight to realms of day, this my song through endless ages. Jesus, let me all the way. I said to God, did I ever say anything bad about it? You know, I, I put my hand over my mouth. And then, Ruth, I felt the Spirit say to me, Barry, interestingly, he never calls me Admiral or Doctor. He, Barry, the places I want to take you require a far more robust faith than you currently possess. You've got a Santa Claus faith. You better not pout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. You got a Santa Claus faith. I'm trying to grow you up to have a but if not faith. Remember the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. You remember those three guys? Okay, all right, okay, okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure you're still with me. Right. <laughs> yeah, there are African Americans in the Bible. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But if he doesn't, we burn before we bow, Daniel 3, 17. You need a though he slay me faith. And that was what he was up to. Imagine what would happen if you started discovering the hidden possibilities. For this, I, 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 I congratulate you and I celebrate the amazing things God is doing. For, but there's still hidden possibilities. There, there, there's still a need to launch out into the deep. Well, on this 175th year, thanks be to God, though you may have to deal with emptiness, you have a Savior who will reset your priorities and will enable you to go up to the next level of not just fishing for fish, but fishing for souls who will celebrate the love of God throughout eternity. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that though in this world we will have trouble, we can be of good cheer, for we have a Savior who has overcome the world. And this Savior has given us the power to deal with life's emptiness. We praise you and thank you 
in the matchless name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.